Scripted Design. Hello, and welcome to Scripted Design. This is the final week of this podcast, the one where you take the short, rules-based videos you've been making every day and turn them into something through the use of rules that you, yourself, will create. This should be a fun week. It's one that's about looking backwards and forwards all at once. But first, it is the final week of the podcast series, but we are not going to be slacking on those free rights. Today's prompt is order. Five minutes to order your thoughts on order, to order a side order of order, to put all the ordered orders into order. Five minutes, starting now.
Welcome back. Was that free ride all in order? This week we will be thinking about... ordering a lot. The job you're embarking on is one that ties together lots of the skills and ideas you've been working with in the last few weeks into one big thing. Over the duration of this course, you've been making a short film every day based on a simple rule which you devised way back at the beginning of the course. I hope you have a good body of these films to work with. This week you'll be reviewing the work you've done and bringing it all together in a way that shows it as a body of work rather than a series of discrete little things. First of all, we need to think about methods of ordering. That's what we're going to be focusing on primarily today. According to the book Information Anxiety, there are five ways to order information, which are organized in the handy acronym LATCH. Location, alphabet, time, category, hierarchy, LATCH. What does this mean? Let's just think about location as an organizing principle. Just about every map uses location to organize and present its information, sometimes very accurately. But then there are more abstract maps, like public transportation maps, where the map is a location-based warped version of the original map. There's also the classical idea of the memory palace, where you remember a sequence of objects or concepts in order by thinking about them in relation to a walk around a place that you know well. So to remember the trivial sequence of shoes, hat, coat, you might imagine walking past your shoes by the front door, walking past your hat in the hallway as you go into your house, and walking past your coat in the living room. I tend to find that as a frequent podcast listener, my memory is often triggered to think about concepts that I've heard in podcasts just by walking around the places I was when I heard them, so that walking particular streets brings back parts of stories I've heard in the past. Another location-based mode of organizing comes from the Olympian writer George Perec, who wrote his huge, very thick novel, Life a User's Manual, through a location-based ordering system. It is a book about an entire apartment block in Paris, and the numerous interconnected stories that happen within the apartment complex over many years. Each chapter, though, is a description of a different room in the building at the very same time, and it moves around the grid of rooms, 10 rooms on each of the 10 floors, in a pattern of a night's tour in chess. So it's a sort of location-based story that harks back to all of these earlier stories. Location-based ordering is also used in films. A few examples I can think of immediately are Sam Mendes' recent film 1917, which follows two soldiers on a journey through the front lines of the trenches in World War I, or David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis, which portrays a billionaire's journey through Manhattan, or Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola's epic film about a journey into the dense jungle in the height of the Vietnam War. In fact, location is a central organising principle of many stories and works of literature and film, from legends like Homer's Odyssey to The Lord of the Rings to the modern-day road trip film genre. So there are lots of ways of using location as a way to organise information or narrative structures. A more rigid mode of information ordering is the alphabetical mode, using the order of the letters of the alphabet to make an index. The obvious places you'd see this are in encyclopedias, in dictionaries, in indexes of books. But alphabetical ordering can also produce weird and wonderful things and strange juxtapositions. Imagine if a supermarket was ordered alphabetically, or anything that exists in a non-ordered way in the real world became alphabetically ordered, and you'd end up with something that was a little bit bizarre. 
I used an alphabetical mode of ordering in the poem 48 Lines About Love from Hollywood Films Alphabetically Ordered and the Twitter bot LFilmBetical, which tweets lines from Hollywood Films in alphabetical order. There's a bonus episode of this podcast that talks about those projects coming out later today, so you can listen to that afterwards if you like. One of the other methods for ordering things is time. This is a pretty obvious one. Your daily films are probably already ordered by time. If you click on the by date added column or the equivalent one on a Windows computer, you'll see your films ordered by the time that you made them. TV guide schedules, not that many people watch TV in that way anymore, and railway schedules and timelines and any procedural instructions will all be ordered by time, the order in which things have to happen in or have happened in. Timelines are often used in courtrooms where they can present an order of events, so it's very clear exactly what happened when. Time for a fun fact here. The timeline, that mode of showing when things happened in a graphical format that we see everywhere now, that we even think through, you know, you think back in time, according to a timeline. The timeline was only invented in 1765. How do you think people conceived of linear event occurrences before then? The next mode of ordering is by category. Think of an old Yellow Pages-style phone book which would cluster all of the hairdressers together and all of the places you could rent cars and all of the local whatever services organised by category and also often alphabetically within those categories. Taxonomic organisation tends to work by category. Most museums will also display all of the things that are like other things near each other rather than, say, just ordering objects by their size. But within your own films, the idea of ordering by category might be interesting. What categories would you make? A category of shots where the camera moves to the left? A category of loud shots or quiet ones? Or a category of different colours in the shots? Or a gradient of your most interesting to the least interesting clips? Which leads me on to the final main way in order to order information, which is by hierarchy or magnitude. Think about a list of the world's tallest buildings. It will probably start with the biggest, then list the second biggest, and the third biggest, and so on and so on. This mode of organisation requires a common measure and a way to compare one item to another, which means that you first have to build categories, then you have to organise within those categories in a numerical way. An example of this that I really like is Gregor Stolt-Nilsson's 2012 film Rooted, which takes an archival black and white film and splits it up frame by frame, then reorders the frames from the brightest to the darkest. But imagine if you could order your films by their volume, by their brightness, by the speed of their movement, by the length, by how many cats are in the scene, or by anything that is quantifiable, rendered as a measure with which to order the information. There is a lot to consider here. We're talking about you doing some work and ordering a lot of your films. In order to open up your thinking, I would like you to list as many existing methods as you can to order information in five minutes. If you get stuck, come back to those five categories again. Location, alphabet, time, category, hierarchy. You can start by just looking around the place you're in now. Just if you're at a desk, look, there'll be books there, there'll be stuff on the side, there'll be all sorts of things that are ordered in some sort of a way. I'm sure that right now you are surrounded by a variety of information ordering systems at play. So five minutes to list as many ways of ordering information as possible, starting now.
Okay, for the next part, we're going to get a little bit more specific. I would like you to think of as many ways of ordering film clips as you can. Don't be limited by things that are or aren't within your own technical capabilities. Just try to think of ways that you might order any type of film. Imagine you've inherited a huge archive of short films and you want to create a new weird and wonderful set of new films from them. What would you do? This isn't too different from the exercises you did a few weeks ago with archival footage, splicing them together in interesting ways and so on. So two minutes to find as many ways of ordering film clips as you possibly can, starting now. All right, welcome back. This is the very last part of this podcast. I would like you to get on with the rest of your day, but as you are, keep a track of all the methods of organizing information that you come across. If you see a website or social networking site, what methods of ordering information are in use there? If you use an app, if you take notes in a notebook, if you see a film, if you read a book or a newspaper or a magazine, or you look at a poster or anything else, what's happened to the order the information that you see? to make it appear the way it does. There's a bonus episode of this podcast coming out later today, which I hope you'll enjoy. It contains the poem 48 Lines About Love from Hollywood Films, alphabetically ordered, read by the performer Craig Noons. And there is also a list of videos, interesting ways that films have been ordered on the website for this page. So take a look there if you are stuck for ideas of ways to order films. I'll be back with more exercises for you tomorrow.